You are listening to the audio podcast of the weekly message preached at Central United Methodist Church in Arlington, Virginia. You're invited to worship with us in person on Saturdays at 4.30 p.m. or virtually through Zoom or Facebook on Sundays at 10.30 a.m. Visit us at www.cumcballston.org. There you can learn more about our congregation and how we worship God, serve others, and embrace all. Good morning again. One, I'm reading 1 Corinthians 12, 12, 27 from the Common English Bible. <clears throat> oh, man. Christ is just like the human body. A body is a unit and has many parts. And all the parts of the body are one body, even though there are many. We were all baptized by one spirit into one body whether Jew or Greek or slave or free, and we all were given one spirit to drink. Certainly, the body isn't one part, but many. If the foot says, I am not part of the body because I'm not a hand, does that mean it's not part of the body? If the ear says, I'm not part of the body because I'm not an eye, does that mean it's not part of the body? If the whole body were an eye, what would happen to the hearing? And if the whole body were an ear, what would happen to the sense of smell? But as it is, God has placed each one of the parts in the body just like he wanted. If all were one and the same body part, what would happen to the body? But as it is, there are many parts, parts but one body. So the eye can't say to the hand, I don't need you. Or in turn, the head can't say to the feet, I don't need you. Instead, the the parts of the body that people think are the weakest are the most necessary. The parts of the body that we think are less honorable are the ones we honor the most. The private parts of our body that aren't presentable are the ones that are given the most dignity. The parts of the body that are presentable don't need this. But God has put the body together, giving greater honor to the parts with less honor, so that there won't be division in the body, and so the parts the parts might have mutual concern for each other. If one part suffers, all parts suffer with it. If one part gets the glory, all parts celebrate with it. You are the body of Christ and parts of each other. Thank you very much. Reading. This is the word of the Lord for the people of God. Thanks be to God. The first century Jesus followers in the city of Corinth were a messy bunch. The apostle Paul loved them deeply. But there was no other community that we have a record of in the New Testament whose letters evoke such passion from him. This community was made up of very different religious and cultural backgrounds. You have Jews and God-fearers. You have followers of Greek mythologies and other religious traditions from around the Roman Empire. It was a mix of wealthy merchants and their families, Roman soldiers, their slaves, and ex-slaves who had either bought their freedom or who had been given their freedom. 
Paul's first letter to the church at Corinth is an excellent example of a very practical and down-to-earth theology for people struggling to be one community. He addresses everyday issues within their church, and he gives us a practical vision of what being a Christian community should look like. He had noticed that in that congregation, they had many gifts, but they had no idea how those work together to create one community. In fact, they'd failed pretty miserably up to this point. There was a lot of arguing, a lot of infighting about what the church should look like and how it should work. Everyone had their own way of living and working because of their cultural background or their station in life and what was expected of them. For them to find a way to set those backgrounds aside and find unity in Christ, Paul had to write to them very clearly and very directly. In this letter, he responds to a long list of complaints that he has heard from the members of this church. They are trying not to fall apart at the seams. And so he describes this metaphor of the body. He talks in many ways about the different parts of the body, and he acknowledges that there is division in the body of Christ at Corinth. In that particular community, there were some who would say, I belong to Cephas, or I belong to Apollos, or I belong to Paul, because those were the first people that introduced them to the good news of Christ. But Paul is telling them that despite the introduction, they don't belong to Cephas or Apollos or even to him, Paul. He is saying that they all are one in Christ. And so he uses this idea of a body with many different parts, but with one body. Paul goes on to a little bit of a humorous rant about the different parts of the body arguing with each other, about the foot and the hand duking it out, and about wondering aloud, what would it be like for an eye to try to hear or for an eye to try to smell? So if you dig into the text, he is actually pushing back on their division with some humor to get them to recognize how ridiculous they are being. But there's more than just a funny story going on here. Paul is really trying to get them to accept one another and to celebrate that they are indeed all united in Christ. He is tackling against some of the hierarchy that would have existed in their society. And he is telling them that we do not embrace the same hierarchy of the Roman Empire. Instead, we acknowledge that we all are one in Christ and have different gifts And the different gifts don't make us better than the other. The hand is not more important than the foot. They are each necessary for the body to be whole and for the body to function fully. In these new communities of Jesus followers, they were creating their community from scratch. It was a new way of living, of throwing away the hierarchy of the Roman civilization that surrounded them, and by embracing the power of the body of Christ. In this, people who were out in society as very different levels of respect and authority, they would come together in a community of faith and they would be on equal footing in God's eyes. This is radically different from the way that society was living. In 1 Corinthians 12, we see how Paul is proclaiming that the church is more than just a collection of individuals. It is a group of people called by God and given different gifts 
so that they can work together. We celebrate the variety of gifts that God has given to us as a local church. Over the next six months, we are working together with our leadership board to plan to relaunch our mission and ministry back home in Boston. We will worship God, serve others, and embrace all using the variety of gifts in our congregation. For those who are extroverted and happy to encounter a stranger, we hope that you will serve on our welcoming team to greet people as they come to worship. For those who may be more introverted and would rather lead a a Bible study or help in the background in some way, your gifts are absolutely needed. Each and every person gathered here in person and gathered online, you have a spiritual gift. It is a gift given to you, and it is your choice to celebrate that gift that God gave you and to find how God is calling you to use it because your gifts are needed. Each and every one of us working together create the body of Christ. And we have an opportunity to connect with God and one another and with the people in our community who do not know that they have a place in the body of Christ too. There are so many who are looking to connect with a community of love. The pandemic created so much more isolation and loneliness. We see this evidence everywhere. There's been a whole series of articles in the Washington Post about people going back to church or people longing for something like church, but not church because the church has hurt so many people over the years. But we see this longing for connection And as United Methodists, we believe in a God of connection, one who connects with us individually and calls us to be connected with one another in a local church and then with other believers around the world. As United Methodists, we are connected to the others in our district here in Northern Virginia, to others who are in the Virginia Conference, and then to others who are in Methodist conferences around the globe. This week... The Northern Virginia District welcomed our new bishop, Bishop Sue. She had a whirlwind tour starting on Sunday at 8 a.m. when Jean and I met her at our construction site. It was an opportunity to share with her the vision that this congregation has held for so long, the dream that God gave to us that will be reality in six months. She then visited other churches that afternoon. She worshiped in other languages. She even went to improv church Sunday night. And then on Monday, she met with the clergy. And while she was there, she actually commissioned a minister who could not come to annual conference in June because she was giving birth that day. And so she missed her opportunity to be commissioned as a minister with the others in her class. And so it was there at our district meeting that the bishop commissioned her. She set her apart for ministry, and she did that in the connection of the other clergy gathered that day. And afterward, the bishop reflected on her ideas about connection. And she said that she thinks that the future of the church will rely upon us increasing the value of connection that we have the bonds of love that we have in Christ that supersede all of the political and theological differences that we can get mired down by. She believes that if we can allow our bonds of love that we have through Christ to rise above the fray, that is where we will find revival of the church. 
Bishop Sue encouraged us to prioritize that love that binds us to Christ and to one another. And we see that this is not a new problem. There are parts of the church who are not happy with other parts of the church today. And the same is true in Corinth. Paul told them almost 2,000 years ago, doesn't matter if you're not happy about that foot, that foot is part of the body and that body needs to have the foot be part of it. This love that binds us to Christ and to one another isn't one that excludes people who aren't yet part of the Christ. It means that we need to be looking outward, looking to see what parts of the body are missing What parts of the body need to find healing by welcoming in new members in new connection? We have such opportunity in the next chapter of our life to reach out with God's love to those who are hurting in this world. Bishop Sue used a phrase I had not heard before. She said that she thinks the church's job is to love people into wholeness. I'd never heard that phrase before, but it resonated exactly with what I talked about last week about how God works in us to make us whole through the love of the Holy Spirit working in us and through the church. I've heard so many stories about how people have come to Central at a time in their life where they were hurting, where they were living through a brokenness or a season of strife and how they found healing in this place. Because they encountered God's love through the people in this congregation. They encountered God's love in a way that helped love them into wholeness. On Thursday, NPR featured one woman's experience of a church where she went and she encountered a moment of love that helped her find healing. The woman's name was Heather Harper. She suffered a miscarriage while pregnant with her fifth child. A few weeks after her loss, she was at worship when she felt overwhelmed by her grief. So she stepped out of the worship space and sat alone on a sofa in the foyer. She wanted to be alone for a moment. And not long after that, an older woman that she didn't know very well sat down on the other end of the sofa. Heather recalled that they didn't speak or look at one another until a few moments later when the woman said in a loud and clear voice, My baby died 35 years ago, and not a day has gone by that I haven't thought of her. Don't ever let anyone tell you that you are grieving for too long. Heather was too overcome with emotion to speak in that moment. All she could do was nod. Later, Heather reflected by saying, her words were what I needed to hear in that moment. I needed to know that I would never be the same again, and that it was normal to be that way. I wasn't broken, and there wasn't something wrong with me for grieving my loss. Most of all, she let me know I wasn't alone in my suffering. She opened up to me about the most painful and intimate thing in the world, and that was exactly what I needed to hear. Heather's story is what Paul meant when he said that if one part suffers, all parts suffer. If one part gets glory, all parts celebrate, for you are the body of Christ and part of each other. Even though those two church members didn't know each other very well, they knew they both belonged to Christ, so they knew they both belonged to each other. And the older woman could recognize the pain in Heather 
And she was willing to share her experience of, whole, of suffering so that she could help Heather feel God's love and begin the process of being loved back to wholeness. On Monday, the bishop shared her own witness to this type of ministry in a church that she served in Florida. She told of a widow who came to worship for the first time after her husband died and how that widow couldn't help but cry in worship. Afterward, a member of the church approached the widow and said, I couldn't help but notice your tears. Would you like to go to the fellowship hall for some coffee and a donut and we can talk? That was the first step for that widow being loved back into wholeness. And a few years later, she was still an active member of that congregation when one day at worship, she noticed a young woman crying in the back pew. And when worship ended, she approached her and said, I couldn't help but notice your tears. Would you like to go to the fellowship hall for some coffee and a donut and we can talk? Now it was the widow's turn to connect with another part of the body of Christ who was suffering and to share God's love to help that young woman be loved back into wholeness. For those of us who are gathered here in person in the sanctuary, we have the chance to literally look around, to see who is here, to notice if people are in pain, and to see if they need the invitation to talk, whether it's over coffee and a donut or lunch after worship. For those of you joining us through virtual worship, we're at a disadvantage we can't see you. We can't know if you're hurting today. But if you are, know that you aren't alone. You just need to reach out and let us know. You can call the church office at 703-527-8844 because we want to be with you, to remind you that you are not alone because you are part of the body of Christ. And when one part of the body suffers, we all suffer. And all of us, when we leave this place, we will go into the communities where we live, whether it's here in Arlington in Falls Church or out in Chantilly, we have the opportunity to walk around with our eyes open, to notice where are the places that people are feeling lonely, where are they hurting, where are they in pain, and where could we step in and offer God's love to invite them to connect with our community to a place where they could be loved back into wholeness, to remind them that they don't need to be alone. I think Paul's metaphor of the body was so wise, especially because many of us know what it is to have pain in one part, like our neck or our shoulders, but then to feel that pain radiate all the way down to the tips of our fingers or pain in our back that radiates all the way down to the tip of our toes. We can remember that pain radiating throughout our body. And in the same way right now, the body of Christ has pain radiating throughout it. We see this close to home in the schism of the UMC, and we see it also with our Armenian siblings in Christ who fear for their lives today. There are many places of pain in the body right now, but healing is possible through the power of God's love and through the different parts of the body celebrating that we are connected, that we are united by something much more than just ideology. We are united by the love of God made real through Christ.
And it is this connection to Christ that connects us to one another so that all parts of the body can be loved back into wholeness. Thanks be to God for this hope that we have through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen.